0: From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Woo, we are back. Should I, should I give away the industry secrets
1: behind the curtain, behind the scenes? You might as well, because we'll do it accidentally anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: thank you for everybody that downloaded last week and tuned in. Uh, that was pre-recorded.
1: That's <laughs> not uh, what I thought you were going to say. <laughs>
0: because uh, Corey had way better things to do last week and couldn't bother to come in, so... I-
1: Watching that Super Bowl was more thrilling than recording this podcast. It was just such a wonderful game.
0: Now, when that thing was over, did you regret (laughs) not coming to record live?
1: (laughs) The best meme I saw from that was, when this game ends, we all win. (laughs) And that's how I felt about that. Yeah. I would have rather been doing anything but that.
0: That was, uh, yeah, except for people from, uh, you know, the Boston area.
1: I don't even think for them. Until the end, obviously, it was that satisfying.
0: The only thing I can hope is that Tom Brady will just retire. (laughs) Please just be done.
1: Would you? That did kind of remind you of that Manning's performance in his last Super Bowl where they won, but it was like he didn't really do anything. Yeah. So kind of, maybe that'll be a sign.
0: Oh, boy, oh, boy. Super Bowl Sunday in the books. And now we're back where we should be, talking about a real sport. (laughs) Golf. No, wait. That's right. Tennis.
1: Yeah, this this was actually a week of tennis this was
0: a hectic day sunday was busy yeah for a lot of reasons um n- th- not the least of which was you scurrying over to the studio really late because you decided you wanted to watch a 125 is that <laughs> what it is a 125 it's 125 now? yeah i think uh men's uh challenger here at uh in dallas apparently the only men's Only professional tennis at all in Dallas, right?
1: Yeah, I think in all of D F W now.
0: All of D F W. Yikes.
1: Which is pretty crazy and that's pitiful. Yeah. And that I mean, there's been other ones over the course of the last year few years, but this is the only one going currently.
0: And it's been going for a while.
1: Yeah, this is twenty first year and they hadn't I mean they get
0: And it hasn't gotten any better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They get some pretty I mean, they they at least unlike most challenges, I feel like they do make an effort to get bigger Mm -hmm. names to come. It well, they doesn't had, always work out.
0: They had Nishikori right, last, last year, year, which I don't know if that's the tournament or just the Nishikori camp saying, hey.
1: Yeah, because he also played, I think, in like Cleveland or Cincinnati yeah. or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, this Perfect year they had Isner Isner and uh Kyrgios, but they both played doubles because they're ranked too high to be allowed to play singles. Right. And so that was kind of a letdown because everybody that went that's not that knowledgeable at tennis, which is most fans of any sporting events... Meaning of all the rule nuances. They were going thinking those guys are playing singles. Oh, John Isner's playing. And they show up and, oh, it's double. Oh, they're playing doubles together. No, they're playing on totally separate days and courts. And so it was, I think that was a letdown for a lot of people expecting to see those guys play singles. Yeah. And then they only got to see him play one match each. So that was.
0: What we've got here is failure to communicate. (laughs) That's a little long. I think that's a little long.
1: (laughs) Just like the match today. Yes. It was very long. Yes.
0: Now, a match that uh, also went long was Fed Cup. Have you heard of that? Have you ever heard of Fed Cup?
1: (laughs) I have. It's my favorite tennis event.
0: There we go. Uh, Yeah, we had some Fed Cup, some USA action today, because apparently the men decided to leave the women behind (laughs) and uh, let them just do their silly Fed Cup all throughout the year uh, while they get to have a fancy, you know, one venue, one, you know, 10-day event. So the USA, first round, uh, played Australia, and of course, I mean, come on, we can't possibly lose that.
1: Well, and we learned one one of these podcasts that USA's won more Fed Cups than any other country, right, by like a pretty wide margin, I think.
0: Not today. <laughs> <laughs> not today. Well,
1: Australia has a lot of strong, highly ranked players, right? I'm not
0: sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. One.
1: Yeah, one that, one. One that, that is all they needed for this.
0: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, so Ash Barty is their, you know, superstar, right? Uh, and and you know, and rightfully so. She's you know top fifteen right now. I don't know exactly where she's at. She's also a top ten doubles player. Um,
1: and which, they didn't even use her in doubles, did they? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. she did play the yep. final doubles. Yep. So she got three wins for the team. Yep. Stop throwing me off. Yeah. She's the. <laughs> yeah.
0: She's the um, Coco vandaway of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Uh, except that this was first round. That wasn't a final, baby. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, as you might imagine, um, the first match, or a uh Sophia Kennan, who exactly, um, lost to Ash Barty. So, where do you think Sophia Kennan's ranked right now?
1: Oh, probably 67.
0: Cl- well, no, not close <laughs> thirty seven, Which oh, really? I was surprised that she was that
1: high. I am too. But she just had one good run and I guess whatever. Well, I was surprised. Uh, I was surprised about many things. But one, that she was playing. But number two, that she was playing. And then I saw that Danielle Collins was on the roster. I was a little surprised they God. had her playing after her run in Australia.
0: I guess somebody thought, hey, that's a better matchup. Right. I don't know. Or maybe so, they
1: already planned that before Australia. Who, who knows? knows?
0: So the first round was uh, the first rubba. Was Ash Barty beating Kennan uh, one and six? So, not, you know, she had a good second set, but, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, now, now it looks, starts to look a little, make a little more sense here. Uh, The second rubber was Madison Keys. And who did she play? Kimberly Burrell, ranked.
1: <laughs> I was going to say Jarrell because I already forgotten.
0: Ranked. What do you think?
1: I've never heard of her, so I'm going to say once, one, one, Twenty-four.
0: Ooh, close. You were closer with your original one. <laughs> oh, I was going to
1: go 170 something. Oh, uh,
0: 157.
1: Oh yeah. I was going to say 172.
0: And, and bringing up the rear in doubles at 501.
1: <laughs> Where's uh, Sam Stoser? I don't know. I and mean, she could have, she surely ranked higher than that. Who knows?
0: So, um, so that was the second. So Keys took care of her pretty easily. Two and two. So then Keyes plays Barty in the third. Raba lost four and one. And so now, of course, they're going to Put Sophia Kennan... Oh no! Wait, they realized their initial mistake, <laughs> and they put in Daniel Collins in the fourth rubber. And of course, as we know, you know Daniel Collins is almost top twenty. And they decided, I guess, for some reason, Gavrilova not playing in the first singles <laughs> group. That oh, we'll play her. So we had two players that didn't play. Yeah, in the first that's kind of unusual, ridiculous. Uh, and is forty-seven right now, give or take. And uh, and. It looked it looked real good at the front end, you know, because we're fighting to stay in it. And so right. Collins is playing uh, singles um, against Gavrilova, wins the first set easily. I mean, she had a, like a thousand winners <laughs> and about nine hundred. No, her her unforced weren't bad. She didn't have that many winners, obviously, but she was just she just was cranking winners on both sides. Um, and then I don't think nerves got her, to be honest with you. I really don't. I think Gavrilova got rid of her nerves. And started making more balls, and more balls not in the middle of the court. And uh, Daniel Collins started missing more, more unforced errors and less winners. And Gavre Lova wins the second set at 6-3, and then Collins gets her life together and finishes it out 6-2. <laughs> and you think, wow... Man, I can't wait till tomorrow for doubles. <laughs> wait a minute. Just
1: wait a minute. Doubles that we've said is never important now any listen. time of the year. Ever. Now listen,
0: the men go singles on day one, one and two. Uh, doubles in the middle only. Right. But not anymore. And then, well, yeah, but I'm saying the team. And then reverse singles on day three. I mean... Listen, I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. So that was pretty good on it. That was spot on. Uh, by the way, can you name that tune? I
1: can't actually.
0: Well, I don't think you've seen it, <laughs> Kurt Russell.
1: Okay, we talked about Kurt Russell movies last. Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, I have and not I got seen an, that movie. I got an
0: email, a tweet, a DM, a smoke signal, oh, a telephone call. Oh, we didn't give credit to
1: that movie from
0: somebody saying, you know calling that an underrated movie listen it's not it's terrible it's, <laughs> it's it's cheesy and whatever but it's fantastic it's uh but anyway so yeah so there's a couple uh have you paid your dues jack yes sir the check is in the mail <laughs> that's just kurt being kurt so anyway what was i talking about who cares oh this nonsense so collins gets off the court after a three setter and now goes into doubles right now listen they don't play three out of five i get it maybe what i don't know but what a dumb dumb idea and i don't know that she looked tired or anything but who knows you you know you play a three setter under that kind of pressure and you have to turn right back around and and then play singles it just doesn't make sense to me
1: well and why I mean, doubles, I mean, why is Gavrilova on the bench day one for a 157 player?
0: I think we must have made a deal. Hey, let's put our <laughs> third or fourth ranked players in. Okay, cool. Cheers. <laughs> or
1: she was finishing up some other tournament maybe and couldn't get there in time. I out. don't have any. But clue. yeah, that's typical of tennis. We, like I said, we don't value doubles ever anytime in the year. And then you're going to save it for the most important match in Fed Cup. Right. I mean, I, the good thing about them being the same day is it does reward a little more depth on your team but that's really about the only reason except can for it, it
0: didn't because collins played back-to-back and so did you know well right. i asked barty didn't play back-to-back because she didn't play that
1: singles match but
0: yeah you know yeah well yeah but, and
1: it didn't because that barty won all three so they only needed one player to beat us
0: right well they needed another one for double <laughs> and they uh, uh a youngster named priscilla hahn wow um who is
1: Collins' partner
0: um well let me finish telling you about priscilla hahn <laughs> Uh she's 143 in singles, 125 in doubles. Okay. But pretty much I mean Gavrilov was 112 in doubles. So yeah. you know, but I'm always of the mind if if you have a situation like Davis Cup and it's in or Fed Cup and you don't have double specialists, then put your best player in. Right. Now best, you know, singles player, you know, now they may not have the net skills, but guess what? They serve Ha, you know, fourth of the games, and they return half of a fourth of the games. Right, and then you know, you can play two back on returns if you want. And if they're that much better, you know, then it's not going to hurt you, or or may not hurt you. Right. I, we just didn't look great. We didn't look great at the net. We had we had a uh, oh, what did you ask? Oh, you yes, asked who Daniel played? Yeah, so Collins, um, who played obviously played doubles in college and right. had a stellar college career. Uh, but she played with um, Nicole Melikar.
1: No, I'd never heard of exactly. her.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but she's ranked 13 in doubles. Really? 6.88 in singles.
1: She's 13 in the world in doubles. I've never heard of her? Yes, that's, that's crazy. correct.
0: Now, with that being said, you know, she can volley, but can she handle, you know, playing a top singles player also? I, You know, because you don't. it's not like you just stand in front of each other and volley to each other. <laughs> I mean, you're returning serves, you're hitting serves. Uh, you know, there's a lot of one-up, one-back, so you're hitting a lot of ground strokes. Well, I you can't know. imagine
1: the Melikar-Collins were hitting the practice court together that often. Too, well, that too. To
0: yeah, that too. So, I mean, it was in a blowout. You know, it was six four seven five, 4 um, but we just didn't quite have it. It was too bad. What a bummer.
1: And so that was like, well, the Fed Cup and Davis Cup, well, the old Davis Cup, they were always single elimination, right? So that's it for them. Oh yeah, thank yeah. you.
0: Good night. Now and that was the first round. Right. So we have to play a world group team now. Uh, I hope we lose. <laughs> no, I don't go America, but still. Now yeah. one example of what I was thinking about that I may have been proved wrong is when so Romania was playing the Czech Republic.
1: I saw the scores from that.
0: Yeah, so Pliskova won pretty easily for the Czech Republic in the first rubber. Holop won against Siniakova in the second rubber and then Halep in th- in 3 beat Pliskova uh, 6475 or six four five seven six four, um and then Katerina um Siniakova played uh Buzernescu um and she beat her so it's 2-2 going into the fifth rubber and so now you have um Katerina Siniakova and Barbara Krechakova.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently that's the number um, one doubles team in yeah, the world.
0: Yeah. So they're coming in as a doubles team. Right. You know, highly ranked doubles. And so now you have Monica Nik- Nikulescu, who, I mean, she's not, you know, nothing. She's played in the U.S. Open and she's, right. played, you know, she's ranked 51 in doubles.
1: Got the slice forehand.
0: Yeah. And she played with, um, Irina Camellia Begu
1: always reminds me of spaghetti sauce, exactly.
0: When I that. <laughs> and she's 35 in doubles. And we also had, um, Buzanarescu or whatever her name is, you know, 27. So I don't know. You have, you have three doubles players that are inside the top, you know, 50, give or take. Um, but then you have Simona Halep. right? And I mean, it, if you're pretty much. You know, But, I mean, it was a close match. It was 7-6. Czech Republic won the first set in a breaker. Uh, and then um, Romania won 4-4. Four and four. Wow. So, my thought when that first... So, Romania
1: won the match. They did. So, my,
0: my thought was when the Czech Republic won that first set, I was like, man, they should have just put... You, you should have put one of the best players, tennis players in the world, right. on the court. Because you might not be playing doubles, but at least you're playing better tennis. You're hitting... Big returns, where you want, you know, lobs, you know, whatever.
1: They may play baseline the majority of the time in ladies' doubles Well, anyway. at least one
0: up, one back. Right. So, I. but, you know, hey, what are you going to do? They ended up, Romania ended up coming back, you know, and winning it. So,
1: yippee. <laughs> well, that's got to be frustrating when you have the number one ranked team in the world and it comes down to them and you lose.
0: Yeah, but, you know, listen,
1: it's doubles. We know how that goes. Yeah, and they don't have, you know... They don't when you don't have two dominant singles players, you have to know every match you're going in, you know, with a coin flip for the most part.
0: Yeah. So Czech Republic goes down to Romania. Uh yeah, um, so they'll
1: be doing the world group qualifying too.
0: Yeah, They're gonna so Romania will face France, who destroyed Belgium three one. Uh Belarus beat up on Germany, um, and they will play Australia, who beat us three two. What a bummer. Um Belarus
1: I couldn't think of who they had besides Azarenka.
0: Well, oddly enough, Azarenka didn't play. Huh. So Sabalenka and Sasnovich. Uh, I forgot Sabalenka. Yeah, Sabalenka is nine, and Sasnovich is thirty-three. I mean, Azarenka's is forty-eight. Yeah. So um, really, not a big deal. Um,
1: so and everybody thinks Sabalenka is like one of the next big things.
0: Yep. Yep. So she. Um, what did she do? So she won. Sasnovich won six and three against uh Tatiana Maria again they're playing Germany uh Sabalenka beat Petkovic two and one I mean that was just an ass whipping
1: see I would assume they would have Gergis in there but I guess not and
0: then uh Sabalenka beat Laura Sigmund one and one so I mean it was just and they they didn't play the fourth one the fourth singles one and they played doubles for some reason (laughs) And it was, it was. oh, Azarenka did play. She played the dead rubber, <laughs> uh, the fifth, uh, the doubles. And uh, they won the first set, 6-1. Azarenka and I don't even know who this is, Marzava. And they lost the second set, 6-0. <laughs> and then they played a third set breaker. They won 11-9. <laughs> I think, I'm assuming it's a third set breaker since it's a dead rubber.
1: Yeah. That's pretty crazy, though, because I would assume, well, I saw one of the scores was 4-0, and I'm like, how do you get a 4-0? Because you don't need to play the fourth if it's 3-0. Right. And why wouldn't you just play oh, – why wouldn't you play all five? If you're going to play one extra one, why wouldn't you play both?
0: And you thought, wait a minute, they probably bailed on doubles because nobody cares. <laughs> right. I guess since the last day has two matches, they figure, well, we'll give the, the fans, fans a match. Yeah. And that's it. What a dumb setup. Don't be mad at the Davis Cup for leaving you all behind and doing their own thing when you do this dumb stuff.
1: Well, and that's kind of what we've talked about with Ryder Cup and Laver Cup is at least – they've got it set up to where it comes down to the end no matter what
0: Wh- yeah i don't care about that
1: well i just think from a from a fan perspective you paid for the weekend i mean you're you're well i guess no matter what you have a match in the fed cup on the last day that means something yeah at least one match
0: i just don't like it coming down to a player who's playing back-to-back matches on the same day
1: right that's
0: that's a bit much now collins did that all throughout her college career she played doubles than singles but yeah you know i mean they're playing- both
1: people both sides were doing it that'd be one thing well yeah which they were but one team had a longer break like if it was mandatory for all the players and I could understand it more right so anywho um sounds like sour grapes coach that we lost <laughs> <laughs> uh I was fired up I'm gonna be honest
0: with you I was watching Collins play uh in her singles and I was getting fired up she was yelling at her opponent all up in her face and doing what she does of course which I don't care
1: and then um you're used to that with college tennis
0: well it's kind of that style that you know whatever right and uh yeah so then she won and i was like yeah but great now she's got to play
1: singles
0: (laughs) what a disaster doubles you mean
1: i mean doubles yeah what a disaster so um did osaka play in for japan that's what i'm trying to look up because they're wearing they're not in the main group no i can't imagine she did i don't know no it doesn't look like she did That was
0: So, you know, again, here we are, it's, you know, February and now we're, you know, we just finished a somewhat exciting first round in some, some aspects and now we wait (laughs) and
1: that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, their whole reason the Davis cup is changing. I mean, they did Although what's funny is it changed, but yet they kind of did, are doing the same thing. They had, they had their qualifying last week you know and then they but they do the whole rest of it in one you know same period so that's one improvement but it was kind of funny seeing the davis cup qualifying last time I'm like didn't they play in february before Thought that was one of the things they were trying to change right so yes no uh osaki did not play for japan maybe she played for haiti i don't know <laughs> they lost 3-2 without her
0: yes yeah which just goes to show you what a bummer that could have turned around the other way but uh anywho um so that's fed cup i think we gave it a fair shake fair amount of time especially since you didn't watch any of it i did watch some of it
1: you were busy watching i was watching live guys ranked in the 200s (laughs) instead of watching women playing for their country guys i was having to google constantly who their names were (laughs) (laughs) it is so let me ask you this oh please do just from watching a challenger because that's kind of what we're getting into here which is what i got to watch all week what are like the immediate things you notice when you see those players, like why aren't they the next level? Because I feel like there's two that I see every year on the like common denominators from all the players there, as opposed to the ones on TV.
0: Well, the only bit I watch of this entire challenger that's in our backyard was a little bit of the warm up. <laughs> and do you want, you want to tell them why I was looking? I was looking for
1: me on TV. I was looking for you on
0: TV. I kept <laughs> like everybody you. was. What are you doing? What are you wearing? Do you have a blue hat on? I'm not wearing a hat. Oh,
1: about, oh, you got a gray shirt on. Where are you at? What row are you at?
0: Where are you at? What I'm side the one are you
1: on? Holding up the middle finger on TV.
0: I, I, I almost said, "Hey, can you just like streak or something across <laughs> the court?"
1: That would have been more exciting than a tennis. <laughs> um, but
0: typically, listen, I
1: mean, it but t- you've seen all that caliber of player before, sure. and you've been to that tournament before many times. Uh, not
0: too much. No? No, not too much. I should go more, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, so what is the difference between that level and this level? And when I say this level, you know, the ATP regular, you know, that are qualifying or, or they're getting in directly. Like top 50, basically. Into the main draw. Yeah, not the top two or three. Right. Because nobody has anything <laughs> in common with them.
1: Because um, we go every year and we see these guys and we get all excited and we Google them and we would watch them for a couple of weeks, like, oh man, this guy's going to be really good. And they kind of just stay the same. Well, it's and they're funny. There the next year.
0: Well, you had a guy who is at the, the tour level right. last year right playing against all these chumps well yeah. he looked like crap he did but still won and still won and, and so that kind
1: of was the that kind of didn't make that those guys look good the rest of the guys
0: yeah um well listen generally speaking I don't want to talk about specifics because there are some players that we know their coaches and know their uh parents I don't want to <laughs> talk about <it. laughs> I didn't, but uh and I, I honestly so Mitchell crew spoiler alert if you're, <laughs> if you're if you're if you're taping the dallas 125 (laughs) challenger (laughs) they might show it
1: on tennis channel at 2 a.m hey they were showing it they were all throughout the week that was impressive
0: yeah so i mean it's a 125 so you know they've been doing that but uh anywho um you know i've watched that level before for sure um so one thing i think is they're all inexperienced they're all youthful right because you don't i mean you do see some players coming back down through the other direction yeah on their way out but usually players don't want to do that as much. Yeah, it
1: doesn't seem like there's as many guys doing that. I remember when I first started going that tournament; it was a lot of that, like Reiner Schuttler, and those was there one year, and there was and James Blake was there, and Michael Russell. Now you don't get those guys, at least not for the last couple of years. I don't know why that is, but you don't. I don't see it as much. Right, it's all young guys or college guys. Yeah, some college guys thinking about it.
0: Yeah, so one thing certainly can be um from the physical side of things yeah that's the
1: one i notice all the time
0: there's a i think if you look at guys that are in the top 100 that are going to get there there they look physically different than the guys that aren't there or that won't get there right they might all be around 200 to 300 now but you can watch you know something that's coming out Somebody you think is going to break out of that pack and 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 move on up and and physically, you know, they just look quicker, faster for longer. You know what I mean? Right. Because um, a lot of players can hit a huge, you know, forehand or a huge backhand or a huge serve, um, but can you get to a ball over and over and over and over again? And and if you can, that's fine. Can you get there where you're set up and you're balanced so you can actually hit the shot you want? And do that over and over and over and over again, Uh, as opposed to them barely getting out to balls, but still wailing away at it. You know, and some go in, some don't. And it looks fun when they go in, but it's not, you know, consistent.
1: Well, yeah, and I'm looking at one of these guys that actually won the doubles, and he's you know 230 in the world. That was his highest ever, and he's five eleven, and he was and five eleven sounds like an exaggeration, but there's a lot of those guys seem to be in the five. Ten to six foot range and they're smaller overall so i see that immediately when i'm watching and then the other thing is they just none of them crack you know 120 on the serve pretty regularly and like you said all the guys in the top 20 can serve Most, 120 yeah pretty much at will even nishikori can hit 125 you know right at times
0: by the way i stand corrected. here's a guy a couple guys on their way down uh well maybe uh dustin brown
1: yeah, we did see him. Did you see him play with the Dreads yeah. and whatnot. Uh-huh. But i but he, I wouldn't say he's on the way down because he never really. I mean, he is on the way down, but he never really got that far yeah. up. He's gotten directly into Grand Slams. Oh, definitely. Before, and he doesn't now. No. Um. Well, by the way, what's the stat on him? I don't know. The only player, only active player, to be undefeated on, against Nadal. Oh wow! <laughs> with with more than one win, you can't be one and zero. Right, right, right. So he's two and zero against Nadal, both on grass. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was, that was mentioned many times during the week. Claim to fame. But, um, yeah, he, he, that's true. He was one of the older guys. It was kind of there. And, um, you know, I'm sure not too happy to be at that level, but, but still trying to make it.
0: Hey, I mean, you know, the prize money is probably, you know, the overall prize money is, you know, 125, give or take. Uh, cause I don't think it's an exact to the penny. Uh, yeah. so they're probably getting seven to 10 grand, something like that.
1: It's yeah. Like champion. Yeah. The champion actually gets 18 now Oh wow. for That's the fair. singles. And I think second gets 10. Wow. Not bad. And then I don't know what the doubles is. It's a lot smaller. So yeah. So he, he, he might the, not I think be, he made the quarters. So he probably got a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. Paid for his trip. Right. Basically. But and yeah, I mean, they're, they, I mean, he's somebody like that is obviously just doing it for the points just so he can get into the bigger tournaments or the slams yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of college guys. I was surprised. Seems like more college players than ever, so I don't know if they've been inspired by some of these other guys like McDonald, who was there, who was the one seed. I mean, they people being are being more inspired by those college players that are making on you know, the tour, I guess, Isner and Kevin Anderson yeah. and those guys. Well, they've all, college players have always, you know, tried to play these events. Yeah. And this one
0: falls, you know, within the the season, you know, so um they can come down and their coach can pay for the qualifying. You know, they can yeah. enter the qualifying as part of their season. Uh, or the wild card tournament, I should say, as right. part of their season. Um, so what are your thoughts on the tournament? I mean, if it's the biggest and only <laughs> now professional tennis event in DFW, which is the, you know, Dallas is the eighth or something like that, largest city in the country, and then you add the metropolitan area, it's huge. Right. And we've got a 125.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's... You know, it's great that we have it, but it's consistently disappointing just because it doesn't draw the attention, doesn't draw the names, doesn't draw the fans that other bigger events do. And it is frustrating to have a tournament in Cincinnati or Memphis or Atlanta. Those are all nicer, bigger tournaments that, and we have this. And it's, we're way better cities, is what you're saying? Basically, yeah. I mean, Houston's got the Clay Court Championship, even, but it's just, um, it's grown, but it's grown kind of at a, you know, stagnant pace i would say that doesn't make any no it sense. doesn't stagnant means not growing at all but i would say it hasn't <laughs> a very slow pace it's just not it yeah. hasn't changed much over the years and i would say it's getting better every year getting bigger names but it's like this year it was kind of fluky with isner and and Kyrgios both played. yeah that was
0: a weird deal they they came in to play doubles
1: right isner and Kyrios played doubles not with each other um, and then they both lost first round it's like <laughs> did they even want to win or did they even want to be there It was almost like just a gimmick of let's get these guys out in one night and draw draw them in for the name recognition. And then watching them play doubles, is not even really watching them. Right. Did you watch – did you see them? I got to see both. Yeah, I saw both in person. And, you know, they both were with drastically inferior partners, for one thing. So, you know, that was a little bit hard to tell. Because in doubles, if your partner's weak, it doesn't really matter how good you are to some degree. Sure. I mean – but yeah, would, they both lost in third set tiebreak, I think. So it was it was M- mysterious. <laughs> Is that what you're I'm saying? Not, uh, it w- had they advanced, it would have been interesting what would have happened. <laughs> I don't think they were they were planning to play the whole weekend. I guess because Isner's on his way to New York, right? From probably New York yesterday I'm or sure. today. Yep. And I would assume Kyrgios has got to be trying to play bigger events at some point. Yeah, interesting.
0: Interesting, and I'll tell you, I mean, that's to me one of the biggest issues with uh, how we are marketing our sport right now, on the men's side in particular, is just this false star power nonsense, which in the short term will bring in casual fans, but if you have a love of tennis, and I say that, and I haven't been there... <laughs> uh <laughs> But I was watching Fed Cup, so to be right, honest, I, I let you handle one event, and I was on assignment right. uh, for another event. So let's go with that. I was
1: taking copious notes during every match.
0: There we go. I don't know what copious means. <laughs> but uh, So, um, yeah, so it, it, we push the stars, and, and then we don't develop that love for the game. Then what do we have when the stars retire? Nothing. That's what. Nothing.
1: Right, and I think that they're – they're trying to sell the name. What they should be selling is these are the guys you're going to be seeing for them. Like, that's what I tell people about it. I'm like, these are guys you're going to see on TV right. for the next five to 10 years. Yeah. And they're trying to pull in people that are already famous, which I mean, I get, they got to do whatever they can to get people to come. But like you said, that shouldn't be the point of the tour. In fact, that's the exact opposite of what the challenger tour is.
0: Well, I, you know, I, we ran this level or close to this level, um, you know, before uh, I have, and yeah, you, the sales pitch is, you know, you're going to see these players playing at Wimbledon, at the U.S. Open, you know, within, you know, four or five years at most. Right. And probably less if they make it. Yeah. And um, what year was that again? Oh, one.
1: Yeah. So what if they had called you and said, hey, you know, we're going to give Leighton Hewitt an exemption to come play your tournament, and he just comes and destroys everybody, and the, you get to sell out crowd every night. Yeah, that's great, but that defeats the purpose of having that tour.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think you have to sell and develop the the event for what it is. And it's, it's it, like, I always describe it like, you know, seeing Pearl Jam in 1987 at some bar in Seattle. Right. Or not even Seattle, in Tacoma, because they couldn't get any, you know, right. that kind of thing, where you see Pearl Jam you know five years before they are you know the biggest band in the world and you're like cool I could you know know, they were a little rough around the edges but you could really see and so you know it's fun to start watching these players and see who's going to make it and then you really have some investment in those players and they're not even superstars but you you have a you know fans have an attachment to these players because uh they saw them before they were somebody yeah. And almost like developing a relationship with them as far as like fan, you know, fandom goes.
1: Well, and that's funny. That's the way they used to promote that tournament because used, they used to have all these flyers that would say, you know, the Bryan brothers have been here. Blake, you know, Blake's been here. Now Bandian's been here. Right. So it would show you all the guys that have been there and now they're like famous. Something I mean, like, they, oh man, so we're going to see people that are going to be famous. But that, now it's all I about, don't
0: want to see Kyrios and Isner come down and lose in the first round. I don't want, I don't want that.
1: Well, yeah, and had they made the finals of doubles that's great they just knocked out all these other guys that really needed the money and ranking (laughs) and they won you know five thousand bucks each and just destroyed everybody so i mean that's the good thing about them losing they didn't take opportunity away from anybody else well they still did by being in the draw but right but yeah I, i know what you're saying like even having nishikori last year win that tournament it was like he beat five guys that really needed the ranking points and needed to win
0: well and you know listen he he was trying to earn his way back so to be honest with you he was in the space where he had to play that. Right. I mean, technically. Yeah. Now he could have gotten wild cards, but good for him. And I don't blame him for doing what he did. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. So if, if, Next year, now they had all this hoopla for these players, and now next year they don't have them. Now the tournament is less. So what are they going to do? Have an arms race with themselves now every year?
1: Well, that's kind of what yeah happened from Nishigori last year to now. This they've kind of locked themselves in every year to having to promote some name player to come. I mean, I just never thought I would see sandbagging at the pro level. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no.
0: Um, so you're so. Um, so you were you watched the the men's final? Well, I mean, it's a men's tournament. So you yes. watched the final doubles and singles. Doubles and same, so all all the same ticket yep. basically, right? And you watched... what else did you see?
1: Well, I was there Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday, and then. Don't I was you there, have a life? Here? What are you doing? <laughs> well, it's been pouring rain here, That's so I was there point. for the major quarterfinal the, the the semifinal and the final and then i was there for the curios first round and isner first round and to clarify it's an indoor tournament so it was right. pouring down rain, but <laughs> we were okay so i went every day except for the first two days gotcha and so, saw about a bunch
0: right and do you feel do you feel more excited about the matches that were between players you've never heard of or did you get all goofy about seeing some famous player that shouldn't really be there?
1: Well, you know, I think that's the problem with us only having one tournament is that that's the only time I've ever seen those two guys. So you're I don't part travel. of the problem. You are part. So I don't travel to go see those guys, right? But like to me, someone who's been to the U.S. Open, which a lot of people have that watch pro tennis, even in Dallas. They don't, they're don't. they not going to go to Challenger to see Isner and Kyrgios. They've already seen those guys and better guys. So they're going for... And they've
0: a, seen something else in relation to those guys playing. Uh, a match that they cared about. <laughs> right. So, that I mean, they're... I mean, not even close. Like, right. literally not even close. There's no chance that they put any effort into those matches. Right.
1: Did you watch them play doubles? I did, yeah. No, it was... Well, Isner was playing with a friend of his, so I think that was just kind of like a... Basically, if you and me go out and play doubles, that's kind of the same attitude he's going to have. We're just we're, playing for fun. Uh, and We're not friends. <laughs> and then Curios played with Kruger, who ended up winning the tournament, but that was a totally... I don't even know if they knew each other before this week. Right. So I can't imagine he had much investment. Well, the reason we know they don't care is because what do they get out of winning? Nothing. For their standards. Sure. Um, yeah. But no, I... Truthfully, the reason I go, the main reason is I'm hoping I'm gonna see somebody that I just see them right away and I'm like, man, this guy's really good. He's gonna be Isn't that the big fun star. part? Absolutely. Isn't
0: that the fun part right there? And
1: yeah. they haven't had a huge a guy that's been huge, at least that I've seen. Kyle Edmund was probably the closest. Right. He won one year and now he's yeah. in top twenty. Um and you follow
0: that guy now for no particular reason other than stalking purposes. <laughs> uh but that's because you saw him.
1: Right. and because 'cause they've got the same uh complexion. But yeah, no, I saw him when he was 80, 90, you know, 100 in the world, and he won that tournament. So it's like, it's kind of cool to see those guys progress. And then if he ever wins a slam or gets a fight, I say, man, I saw that guy, you know, he was 18 or 19.
0: So in some small way, you can take credit for (laughs) for his career. I like it.
1: But yeah, no, I mean, I loved it when James Blake was there a few years ago and he was like on the way out. And again, I'd never seen him in person, so he came back. But again, his ranking was within the range.
0: Right, it wasn't a gimmick. He was still trying to hang on. Because, again, I, I think we've talked about that theme is all I care about is that the match, the two people on the court that are competing against each other care about the match, put their maximum effort in, and ideally play to their best potential at the same time. And then, then we're in business.
1: Right. But, what they could have done, too, would have been so much better. They could have said Isner and his buddy Kuznetsov, who's a former pro and yep. top 200, he could have played Kyrgios and Krueger. That's it. One night. And that's fine. Make have the singles match in the actual tournament and then exhibition match after that. I would have had no problem with that. Right. And then we would have known what it was instead of making it part of the draw. Well, it you, like knew an what exhibition.
0: It, you knew what it was. Yeah. But, you know, lesser tennis fans don't, you
1: know. Oh, everybody was. I can't believe Isner lost. I'm like, he wasn't playing the rest of the tournament anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Like he, I mean, he was he was there for one match, maybe two. And he was going to be out. Yeah. When does New York start? It starts tomorrow. Mon- yeah, there's Monday no chance
0: us. he's flying in. No. Yeah.
1: He's not staying in Dallas for a Challenger doubles final that would have ended at 4 o'clock and getting to New York, <laughs> you know, at 9 or 10 p.m. to play the next morning. Now, maybe he'll get a bye or whatever. he's the number one seed, but still, I mean. Right. That's 100 times more important than a Challenger final. Right. And I mean, I, I, there's a lot of guys in this turn, like McDonald, who played now has to go and play New York, but he... Has to play these things, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll yep. probably hurt him in New York playing a third set today and he'll have to play first round match tomorrow.
0: That he didn't win, by the way. Yeah. Again, sorry. Spoiler alert if you're, <laughs> if you're, uh, whatever.
1: But yeah, I think it's, they've, they've needed to decide what they're trying to be. Are they trying to be like, like you said, it,
0: everybody's yeah. trying to be what they're not. That's always the problem. Stay yeah. in your lane. There is no shame in being the tournament. That has the ranking, you know, of the of the players from, you know, one fifty to two fifty or three hundred. There's no shame in being that, right? But be that, yeah, and be the best at that. You can't be Wimbledon because you can't be.
1: Yeah, and I think they got spoiled last year, and and who knows? Maybe they're trying to parlay this into making an actual ATP event, or I mean, maybe that's the ultimate goal. But it, I mean, it's been 21 years. At this point, I would think if it hadn't happened, it's probably not going to. Yeah interesting but yeah you're not going to get the guys 51 to because i think 50s the cutoff you're not going to get the guys 51 to 100 because a lot of the guys 51 to 100 were playing in you know montpellier and right and cordoba
0: well if we can't figure out how to save this tournament how can we figure out how to save tennis <laughs> american tennis i'll tell you how not my idea but i'll tell you who's when we come back <laughs> So, after seeing a bunch of American players playing a 125 uh, challenger, do you feel you think the future of American tennis is, was out there on those courts? Um, no, no, I can't say that was <laughs> not a bad way. Yeah. You don't know; you never can tell. Jimmy McDonald mean,
1: is going to be a top 50 for a while. The Kruger's pretty good. Yeah, huh? that was his biggest win ever. So we'll see if he can. And he made Djokovic work in the Australian Open oh, yeah. in the first round. He didn't get a set, but he it wasn't easy. Right. Compared to what we see from those guys a lot of times.
0: Well and again, full disclosure, uh, you know, Mitchell Kruger's dad is an official who sometimes officiates with
1: match and he's a great dude. So <laughs> yeah, he's a local player. Yeah, so um so But he cracked the top two hundred, I think, with this win which may be the first time I think he
0: was pretty close to that already yeah so I'm sure he did um, well I, I got good news I think we've I've, we figured out an answer <laughs> on how to save American tennis first of all where do you think American tennis is right now let's, let's clarify maybe it doesn't need help maybe we're just fine I mean what do you
1: mean pro tennis
0: well yeah yeah I mean I think it's well, I don't know. I, we'll have to get to that <laughs> yeah. uh, based on what I'm about to tell you. But yeah, let's let's just talk about American tennis in general, both both at the professional level and at the not professional level.
1: Yeah, I think pro. We have to say pro women's tennis is on a slight decline because Serena and Venus are going out and having. They're not going to have two players replace them at that level. True. And then I would say for pro men's tennis, it's probably on a slight upswing. Because we've got a lot of guys Ooh, kind of in that 20, 30, wee. 40 range that are still improving. Tiafo, Fritz, and even McDonald and some of those guys. Yeah. And, you, and we still have a top 10 player with Isner and Tiafo's what, top 30, maybe? 40? Hey, sounds good. So, I mean, there's, there's enough to be excited about. I'll well, be more optimistic than I normally am.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> but... uh See, I think that I think replacing Serena can't be a measure in any way in regards to the health of the sport. It's right. impossible. They're, they're unique, two-of-a-kind, yeah. one-of-a-kind situation, uh, etc. And so not having them is not even factored into my thought process on where American tennis is. And I think on the women's side, we're fine yeah uh, matter there's of fact, enough players i think there's an upswing um even you know again taking the williams sisters out of it which just sounds odd but they're they're unique in their place in the game so i don't you right. know what i'm saying does that well, make sense and
1: why do i even say i'm taking them out because serena could play five more years well, that and be a factor
0: right but uh but anyway so so uh for that reason i think with with the depth and not kind of factoring in the williams sisters i think we're doing Wonderful. Right. Now, what about the game in and of itself? Just the health of tennis overall in our country?
1: Well, I'll use the word I used improperly earlier. I would say it's stagnant. I don't think it's...
0: Oh, so it's moving. (laughs) Because that's what you seem to think stagnant (laughs) means.
1: I don't think it's... I haven't seen anything to make me think that it's going in an upswing as of late.
0: Are you familiar with a young lady named Pam Shriver?
1: (laughs) Yes, I am. Uh, Now... This is very insightful on the broadcast. uh, (laughs) So Is this going to be the founder of your idea? Do what? Is this going to be the one who founded your idea that's coming up? Yeah. So Pam
0: Shriver and I have a special relationship going (laughs) way back. Back to the early 90s. Like maybe 1990. She played in a tournament in Virginia, which is where I'm from. Uh, and it was, uh, the Whitman cup and it was played at the college of William and Mary inside their indoor arena. And she comes out, she's playing, she got the perm, the whole bit, the curls. <laughs> and right before she's about to serve, I'm in probably ninth grade maybe. <laughs> so this is in the eighties actually. Um, so I'm in the ninth grade and of course my buddy who was older than me, um, let's see, did he coerce me? Nah, it's a little strong, but whatever. He dared me to, you know, make an ass of myself. Right. And so I obliged. <laughs> uh, so as she was tossing the ball, I hollered out, I love you, Pam. Oh, gosh. And she caught the ball. <laughs> obviously. And
1: and then... Were uh, you? Did you immediately know you were in trouble when that happened?
0: No, no. It, it, it's just like on tv nobody ever knows who
1: says it No, oh, she didn't call you out or anything no no oh, no no. Okay.
0: we're in an arena like right. a basketball size arena not like a uh you know pro basketball but a college size arena probably yeah. holds you know ten thousand, you right. know total maybe maybe less i don't know but yeah so um so now my guess is she remembers that and she thinks <laughs> about it often um probably not however um and uh, to be fair and not creepy uh I don't either. But (laughs) needless to say, uh, that's where our relationship began. Um, So I heard her on a podcast the other day, Uh, not ours. Um, So you don't listen to even ours. (laughs) I listen to both ours and other podcasts
1: um, because I'm a professional. (laughs) And I'm the one that has no life.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So I drive a lot. Give me a break. (laughs) So she was on a podcast with... um, John Wertheim. That's go. him. Uh, is that how you say it? Wertham? Wertheim? Wertheim? Wertheim as far as I know. Alrighty. And she had a brilliant idea. Now I'm not a great actor so I don't think I really conveyed my sarcasm in the <laughs> word great. Uh, but they were yammering on about the idea of partnering. Just wait for this. okay? If you're not sitting down, sit down. Of partnering with the NBA. I know. So, the face you're making, just so we don't film this uh, <laughs> radio broadcast for a lot of good reasons. Mostly because we do <laughs> it in our underwear. the benefit of the fans. Yeah. Well, mostly we're doing it in our undies, um, which is a lot of undie, undie companies that sponsor podcasts. That'd be a great. There you go. We'd promise to do all podcasts in our underwear. <laughs> it's so hot in the studio. Yeah, exactly. we, it'd probably help us. Um, so, anyway, so they decide, they, uh, She so her idea was to partner with the nba now because they ne- they're just
1: dying to get a partnership
0: with well tennis. yes so first of all my first thought was why would anybody want to immediately create a competitor uh and then help them compete right so that was my first thought but uh they seemed to not even they kind of glossed right over that they figured hey Tennis has a lot to offer. Oh, really? What? They didn't really. <laughs> so I have no. I think part of it was we had what they were saying was we have a wealthy demographic, which I think is probably true for the most yes. part, right? On average,
1: and primarily white.
0: Well, I, some some people might want a white only audience,
1: uh, not me. <laughs> um, I don't. I'm saying I want that. I think tennis probably has. Oh, I see. The whitest audience, tennis and golf,
0: right? So, um, so primarily the the idea of the wealthy fan base, and then also um, that our women, the women's side of our game, is highly developed, whereas theirs is not. So, bringing women, if there was a crossover of fandom, you know, you would bring more women right. over to watching basketball. And I'm like, come on, man, what?
1: so she's talking about combining what? all four leagues i
0: don't know what i don't know i don't really the in, i mean listen i i know i'm a professional broadcast person here but sometimes i just can't you know so i have some help at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought at no point. <laughs> I'm not going to play it twice. I almost played it twice. So, uh, yeah, I don't... It was worth playing twice. I'm this. not 100% sure exactly what that was all about. And furthermore, I think it is basically bailing and giving up
1: on, on really... Uh, why don't they just partner with the NFL? I mean, why not just pick the biggest one and partner with... <laughs> Yeah, why not? You know, put tennis matches at halftime. <laughs> That'll be perfect for the four-game no ad sets. You just have a one one set no ad, and that's your that's your. Uh, I mean, how perfect would that be? You have a U S Think about this: U S. Open is during the NFL like Sunday, and you put one round every match now, during listen, halftime of every I, game. I
0: just legitimately laughed, <laughs> laughed really hard until I looked up and saw your dumb face. <laughs> no, that wasn't what it was. Until actually. A jolt of fury, a j- not because of you or your face, a jolt of fury went through my head after I stopped laughing for a second. And the reason it went, a, a jolt of fury went through my head is because I don't know why these all these organizations, really the USTA mainly, are trying to bog down our game, take parts of our game away, make it less and then wonder why nobody wants to play the damn thing right it's ridiculous you're you're joking about the you know fast four and all this (laughs) other garbage i mean college is falling apart yeah they play six game sets no ad for doubles that's it one six game set for a doubles match why play it
1: (laughs) well so when i was at the challenger this week
0: hang on and then they play six two out of three sets no ad for double for singles right Why?
1: With the tiebreak.
0: With it? No, no, no. They play play the
1: full. Well, at least that. I guess.
0: (laughs) Who cares? So then, now, you're talking about, you know, uh, partnering with another sport because we're not good enough. No, it's not that we're not good enough. It's the garbage organizations that think they're in charge of this sport. They're not good enough. That's who's not good enough. They have a giant banner that says, Grow the Game. How about, Do Your
1: Job? (laughs) Well, and pick every major sport have any of them in the last 50 years shortened their format in any way. You can say they shorten the time, but that's different that baseball is still nine innings. You still have three outs every inning, football is still 15 minutes every quarter. Nothing's changed. Basketball is still 12 minutes every quarter. He's still 20 minutes that Nobody has changed their I format. came in here in a good mood.
0: <laughs> I really did. And that literally you joking about us doing halftime. I that reality flashed in my head <laughs> for a second. That You know what? They're going to turn I wish I tried to stop using bad language on this podcast and I've done a really good <laughs> you job. You have. Um, it's been impressive. But I um I want to say bad words <laughs> so much right now. I don't understand First of all, The USTA has no power. Right. All they are is a bully. They run the largest event in the world one time a year. They make all their money from that. Right. And they spend the rest of the year pissing it down the drain (laughs) for no results. Right. And then when a player pops up and has a good run, oh, our players are doing great. Shut your mouth. All you... All you did was not get in the way of that kid right. You know, as much as you did the other ones. Now, does USTA have resources? Of course they do. They have gobs and gobs of money. So, of course, they can spread that around and, as they say, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. So they can actually accidentally run into some results from time to time. But as far as they have a system... Are they trying to put together a system that is a joke well and I don't know why this turns so serious <laughs> I'm telling you I'm well I was going
1: to say the one thing that I think you and I both do it whether we know it or not on this podcast we don't try to just shoot off an opinion that nobody else agrees with ever just for the sake of being controversial but the reason that came to mind is when we we're sitting at the Challenger this whole week every time there was a doubles match on and it went to deuce you know they would announce okay deciding point receiver's choice I would hear at least three or four people every time in the crowd what they play no ad like, why do they do that oh because it's double it's just doubles and so that immediately you know why can't I, t- I can't find words today it immediately makes your game less important like it just right. makes it seem not as right. important oh we're gonna play no ad. oh it's just because it doubles oh there's exactly right. right? oh, doubles
0: here's one thing we didn't do this year. you're exactly right here's one thing we didn't do
1: Minimize is the word I was looking
0: for. Minimize, you're brilliant. (laughs) You're absolutely. Matter of fact, not only are you brilliant in terms of, you know, your English
1: degree and all that. (laughs) That I'm not utilizing today.
0: Well, but that in particular. Dynamite drop in money at broadcast (laughs) school has really paid off. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It calms me down. It's like my moment of zen for (laughs) having these things. Uh, And, you know, again, I'd like to. Hopefully I get full credit from the, the person that emailed or texted or DM'd or whatever that I left off Big Trouble in Little China for my Kurt Russell. Or Kurt
1: Russell montage.
0: Couple yeah, because what got him going was... You
1: going to do something or just stand there and bleed?
0: That's the USTA yeah. right now. That's the, I want to ask the USTA, <laughs> you, you're spending all this money, and for what? For nothing, because you're standing there looking like an idiot, and all I want to say is...
1: You going to do something or just stand there and bleed?
0: You're yeah. just going to stand there and bleed... 250 million dollars a year that's all you're doing you're paying I don't know ungodly amounts of money to these people to run nothing you built a crown jewel of a tennis facility in Florida and you have match college matches down there from time to time that's your highlight so far right I I don't know what to tell you man it's easy to take shots at a big dumb organization obviously (laughs) but
1: oh politics are they're gonna be the death of me (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it just, I don't understand the whole, why would you merge with an organization that's, I mean, like you said, it makes it sound like you're trying to piggyback off them, which means that we need to piggyback off them. Exactly,
0: need is, here's the thing, I, in my opinion, we don't need the NBA or anybody else. First of all, they're not going to help us anyway. Second of all. Uh, it looks it looks like a desperate move and maybe it is maybe it's worse out there than I thought it was maybe these people that are traveling to tournaments every week commentating and doing all the rest of it uh, have a little more insight than you know we do on the ground here I don't know but it just seems to me that you're uh, uh,
1: I don't even know where to begin Well, it doesn't even make sense I mean what are you gonna have dual events you're gonna have a you know split screen with the basketball game antenna. I mean it doesn't
0: now to be fair uh Pam I call, I call her Pam uh <laughs> she did sound creepy she did sort of say you know I don't know how this would work I don't know what it would look like uh you know I don't have an MBA. uh you know as in business degree not NBA <laughs> as in basketball uh you know so I don't know how to write up the business model that would make this thing work or whatever so she basically what she saw was Daniel Stern the commissioner of the NBA. Apparently his brother is a teaching pro in Boca Raton. (laughs) And so there's the connection. Yeah. And I guess Daniel Stern's also a tennis fan. And I'm like, so what? Right. And listen, I mean, far be it for me to say anything bad about the NBA because they're crushing it. Right. They've been growing like crazy. And, you know, who knows? Will they ever catch football? Probably not. No. But – at the same time, the amount of growth they've had, I don't know how you quantify it or
1: whatever, but it's been pretty remarkable and good for them. Well, and if she would have said, we want to follow the model of the NBA, but they can't that either, I would have understood. Well,
0: they talked about that a little to some degree, but they can't. That's, well,
1: I, I know, that's the problem. Well, but what think, I like about the NBA, though, is they have a couple nights a week that you know you're getting a feature game, no matter what, at this time, on this channel... Tennis, it's just they make it way too hard. Like even today, we had four different events, and you didn't know what event was on at what time, and what you know, you couldn't even watch maybe what you wanted to watch. NBA, we know, okay, every Wednesday and Friday there's going to be an NBA game at seven o'clock on TNT, and it's going to be two really good teams.
0: So here's the deal: if you've got, you've got to get on
1: TV, right? Right. I mean, I think that's that's pretty reasonable assumption. know no offense to Tennis Channel, but it's probably got to be something bigger than that ESPN. for notoriety. It's got to be right.
0: either ESPN or whatever. So, there's, TV has to make money off of programming by selling ads. And the reason they can make money selling ads, I mean, this is nothing new for anybody, is because people watch <laughs> what is on. Right. So, there's eyeballs on the TV. or, or, you g- give them a deal that's so good that they're going to make money no matter what. Right. I guarantee you, the USTA isn't doing that for all the US tournaments. Right? I guarantee you, the ATP doesn't care about you know, you know. I don't know how all I don't know if each I don't know who purely if if like you know Cincinnati has all the rights to their broadcast right. or if the USTA has some of it because now they're part of the USTA uh you know the u.s open series i don't know how any of that works i don't know how indian wells i don't know how any of that works yeah you know who might friend of the program blair henley
1: yeah well i was wondering if like that saw her by the way
0: she was on the uh she was on the broadcast for the old uh davis
1: cup there okay fed cup cup, whatever i was wondering if that dallas tournament like the tournament itself made any money off that being on the tennis channel or did that just go to the USCA with their contractor? I would
0: think they did, which is probably why they were able to pay Isner and Curios a little bit of change. I would think
1: that they had they had to benefit them in some way. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, I would hope so. So, in any event, um, so you know, you hear him talk about you know these things, but then it's like, wait a second, how can you sit here and say? Um, all these things about how tennis should run when you're not in charge of tennis. That's the problem. That's what they want to be. They want to be one of these federations, one of these small countries where, you know, it, it's almost impossible for a player to make it out without having a relationship with, you know, with the federation. Right. A la Halep, you know, who who she did make it out, apparently, without any help. Uh, but now, that you know, they've got a strained relationship, uh, although she played Fed Cup for him, obviously. Yeah. But uh but that just, that just that sense of they have any control over the game, that's the number one problem. And I also heard Martin Blackman on the same pod not the same podcast the same podcast, but not the same week. I, on a different one, um talking to John Wertheim about they were on, uh, still Australia was still going on. And uh Wertheim was asking him various things about various things. And one of the things he brought up was the state of American tennis. And, you know, he used the anecdotal evidence of how many players were still in the Australian
1: Open. Um, and yeah, which this happened to be one of their best tournaments in a long time. It,
0: well, that, but also nobody – I mean, I don't want to say nobody because I don't know, but I would imagine not – certainly not every player – had any connection or any help whatsoever from the USTA. Right. And so now, you know, where does that put them in relation to each other? You know what? So that's got nothing to do with the USTA then. Yeah. Although for numbers wise, I guess they think, well, we got a lot of American players. American tennis is doing great. I guess we'll get credit for that. And they may not even try to take credit. I don't know how that goes down, but what I'm saying is, they don't deserve credit, but they'll probably get credit. Right. You know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. When I think measuring, you know, how many are in a particular tournament, or, that's always funny to me how the broadcasts focus on that so much. And I get people want to watch American players, but it just changes so much from one week to the next. I don't know why that's such a big focal point. To me, it's about where they're ranked as opposed to how they do in one particular tournament. or
0: Which is connected, obviously. Yeah. But I agree with you that, you know, it's, it's sort of like um, – you know, one small anecdotal, you know, piece of evidence. Uh, but you have to hang on to that because in a week it's going to be the opposite. So now right. what do you do? Um, yeah, I agree with you. But yeah, so, and again, they seemingly on paper, the USTA does a good job of tiptoeing because they, you know, Black, Blackman said multiple times, you know, that, and Wertheim asked him, you know, what is your role in all of this, and he said, Well, just you know, as little as much as they want from us, right? So, in other words, if you've you know, if you're coaching a player out at your place, and by some miracle, they learn how to play tennis, <laughs> uh, just kidding, he's a fine, <laughs> fine coach. Uh, so and they start moving up the rankings, uh, like junior rankings, like world, you know, ITF and all that, to where maybe somebody, you know, kind of gets an eyeball on them, says, Wow, that kid is going to be good then the way, you know, the way basically it should work is nobody should come bother you about that kid until you're not good enough to coach them or they, you know, until that relationship sours and then they find another coach, which knowing you, that's pretty quick. But, (laughs) you know, uh, but now the USCA, it's unavoidable, it's almost unavoidable, that they're going to be in the mix somewhere along the line. They have two hundred fifty million dollars or more to spend every year. I, I use that two hundred fifty million because that's what they make on the U.S. Open. Yeah. But they have more than that. I'm sure they have that much money to spend every year on tennis, which is the twenty seventh most popular sport in America. So, you know, they're, you know, they could spend a hundred thousand dollars probably on every player between the age of fourteen and eighteen. And just give them a hundred thousand dollars, and it wouldn't even hurt them, right? You know, and so it just inevitably they're going to be involved or in the mix because they're so you know ubiquitous. Yeah, baby.
1: Well, and at the very least, they're going to say you know they grew up playing all our events. So they're going to use that as a you know as a advertising point or marketing point.
0: Which you know, on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, well, that's stupid. And they shouldn't. But ultimately, I don't care. That's I mean don't do that but if they did that's the least of my worries because ultimately if the kid gets there the kid gets there if they're if they're developing and whatever I, fine who cares the real issue to me is how much they get in the way of this process because they're everywhere they're everywhere You ever see that movie They Live?
1: I have seen that movie. Yes. Rowdy Rowdy Piper.
0: That's I need to get some you know what I did, I, looked, I searched YouTube high and low for drops from They Live, Rowdy <laughs> Roddy Piper, the aliens, the lizard people, or whatever it was, controlling the world. Right. Anyway, uh, they're everywhere, and and so you, I just don't understand, I don't see how you can get away from them.
1: Well, and I think it's like you said early, at the very beginning of this, which was, you know, stay in your lane, is that they, they can't, they have to know they can't do everything perfectly. So just pick what you want to do. Do you want to be the pro avenue, the pro development? Do you want to be in tournaments? Do you want to be in leagues? You can't just be tennis, and we're going to encompass every aspect of tennis and be better than everybody else at it, and that's it.
0: I don't know what they know. I don't know what they think. I mean, they have an entire development team, like high-performance development team right? that is dedicated to what? Support? You pay that much people, that many people, that much money to support random coaches all over the country? Come on, yeah. son.
1: They're trying to be the Amazon of tennis and just take over every every aspect. You
0: mean they're trying to have an affair and white <laughs> mailed and then what?
1: That seems inappropriate. Um, but yeah, it's... Current, current events. There you go. We're, we're, listen, we're cutting edge. It's a good edge. thing we're running this live this time. Cutting edge, baby. <laughs> yeah, I you know we could go on we could literally do our podcast just about USTA and every week we would have the content it's just so much they give us a lot of ammunition
0: yeah and it's depressing it really is it wears me out because you know it like I've always this has been my contention forever if they want to really benefit American tennis they need to give away money with no strings attached and don't and get rid of all your national coaches get rid of all your you know all of that stuff get rid of it and just hand out money to you know community tennis associations to um you know to to you know whatever I don't even know I mean I but mean,
1: that's you're right that's the only way you're going to get more players on tour because that's the main thing that's hindering people from getting on tour
0: Well if you think you're going to just hunt and peck one individual at a time and and right. and, and really uh i d that talent like that you're you're dreaming you're dreaming now are there coaches out there that coach at an elite level and know what it takes to take a player from zero to that sure of course, because we've done it before lots of times all throughout the history before the u s t a even mattered and you know so yeah that's that 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 process has been done before, but obviously the USCA doesn't have it down to a science. That's clear. Right. So what now? Well I'll tell you what now. Give away all your resources, as much as you can, and get out of the way. This is America. The the it's not that we'll figure it out. No, we already know how to do it. We've done it. Obviously we've had players, some of the greatest ever, if not the greatest ever, uh of all time, that are American. And so clearly Somebody somewhere knows what they're doing in this country, at least a couple.
1: Well, and I'll give you a prime example. This may be too small in scope, but let's say you've got a player that's top 100 in the nation. Somehow they've got their ranking up top 100 in the nation and they have qualified for some big tournament that's in, you know, California and they're from Dallas. Well, not only do they have to pay for their travel to go to that tournament and their hotel to go to that tournament. They've also got to pay an entry fee, which is usually 80, 100 dollars to get in that tournament. Why are we making it? There shouldn't be any entry fee once you've qualified for that level. You should be in it already. Like that you've right, you've already proven silly. you're one of the players that's the best right. by being ranked high enough to get into it. Why are you having to pay on top of all the money you've always spent on lessons, traveling, lodging, you know, whatever else. So what you're saying is
0: every every game that LeBron plays, he doesn't have to pay an entry fee into the game.
1: <laughs> right. Partner with that. Yeah. So it's like not only did you have to do all this to get here, then we're going to make it even more difficult to get here. It's like, I think even the pro, like on the USPTA pro circuit, I think even they have to pay some entry fee. I mean, you would know that probably better than I do. But isn't there a player entry fee to get into those tournaments? I
0: don't have any idea. I
1: think there is. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense if there is. And so that's, I mean, it's like the only barrier to success in tennis, or the main barrier is money. And like you said, USTA has all of it. So they're not giving it to the right people if the right people aren't coming on tour. And having success. Well,
0: they do have a grant program. So the USDA has a grant program, and seemingly, it is it is um, merit based. So as you, if you're a junior and you meet certain ranking criteria, then you'll qualify for those grants. Right. So with that being said, if there are strings to those grants then there's then what's the point right it should be here's what we have to offer american tennis cash money yeah that's it cool then do that get out of the way of everybody else and just hand over the cash to 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 deserving players and how do you how do you determine who's deserving without there being any impropriety for quote-unquote your players you just give it away with no strings attached that's how
1: well, and what I what I was getting at is that is, is the goal to make money off of tournaments or is the goal to develop an next pro player? And I think they're trying to accomplish both, and it doesn't work that way. Like, I understand you got to make money to run a tournament and the club's got to make money and all that, but the USTA, I can't imagine how much money they make off tournaments every year, whereas those high-level tournaments are supposed to be about developing players and sending them to the next level.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much that really goes. I don't know how much that matters. I don't know. I That's a interesting point that – we probably should ask maybe Mitchell Kruger's
1: dad. He might know. <laughs> well I've got a friend that what made me think about this, I've got a friend, I won't say who it is, obviously, but he's spending three thousand dollars a month on tennis for his daughter, who's a state ranked, you know, junior player. And that's now what that's going to his club and his coaches and the traveling and all I don't even think that I think that's just to the his her coaching. Oof. So that's not factoring in the traveling to tournaments, the right. entry fees, the hotels, you know, so it's just
0: yeah, we're a high-end sport, man. I don't right. care what anybody says; it is tough financially to be able to play this sport. So no, no I think that's
1: you, you know that's going to eliminate a lot of the a lot of the potential best players before they we even find out they're the potential best players. Well, I think um,
0: I don't know. Once again, according to Blackman, um, he talked about how he talked about that issue with the the ATP and WTA slicing off the bottom half of the. The tours and turn them into ITF I don't think the USTA had any choice Yeah, I don't think they had any say in it now maybe maybe if they had a more savvy leadership group they could have preempted it maybe but I don't know that either I don't know that trying would have been a good idea number one or uh, if trying would have been fruitful anyway so in that regard it doesn't matter I mean you know the the pro level is going to do what the pro level does regardless but um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I just get so frustrated.
1: <laughs> I think we're, the reason we get frustrated is there's so many things that need to be improved and,
0: and have needed to be improved for quite some time, right. I might
1: add. And I love it how the solution is to merge with the NBA, which <laughs> uh, there's no, I mean, yeah, if the NBA said tomorrow we're going to make a partnership with tennis and we're going to run collaborative events and all that, you know, tennis at daytime and basketball games at night. I mean, maybe that's be, that would be well, great. Well, one but. thing
0: that, I think one one sort of uh, aspect that Wertheim was talking about is that the WNBA season is outside of the NBA season and it's right during the U.S. Open season. So you would have WNBA and American tennis, the American tennis swing at the same time. And yeah. I'm like... I don't know if the, the American tennis swing is doing too bad.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to gain. Because
0: what are you trying to fix?
1: By merging with the WNBA.
0: What are you trying to fix? Attendance at a handful of tournaments? Right. That really isn't the bulk of tennis that up-and-coming Americans play? Yeah. Well, yeah. like I
1: always said, just give us the keys. <laughs> give us the well, I think we could, we've something we agree on that, that merging with the NBA isn't a solution.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be right. Well if you have a solution by all means let us know and while you're at it would you please retweet if you follow us on Twitter for the love of all things holy why don't you retweet everything <laughs> I send out. I send out about 7 trillion um, <laughs> like episode (laughs) links like this our new episodes up i knew you know right and
1: tweet your favorite uh kurt russell movie yeah please (laughs) when you retweet it no because it doesn't matter want to hear the other classics it's only
0: about my favorite uh well well first of all the most disgusting thing you've ever said on this podcast was the only one i saw was escape from (laughs) la
1: Arguably the worst. I don't think that's true. I think Not I was, just the worst Kurt Russell. But that's the worst movie of all time. I think I've seen... I have seen the original one, but the I saw call the newer snake. one first. I got to get
0: Call Me Snake. I got to get that. <laughs> oh. Escape from New York. What a classic. Anyway, so listen. If you follow me on Twitter, why don't you tweet out? Just check... Just go daily to my little thing. I don't listen. You know I don't know how Twitter works. <laughs> Corey doesn't even have a Twitter because he's embarrassed. How bad I. He doesn't want to get tweets. So no. from me. So anyway, so go go to the to where to my little thing to where it shows you all the tweets I've sent out and then retweet them. I mean, presumably, if you are a tennis fan, well, it's presuming you have friends. I guess you have friends that play tennis. And if you have friends that play tennis, then why are they listening to the podcast? That's my question. So retweet, send it all out to them, look up my tweets and however that happens and go do that. Would you? Also, feel free to follow us on Instagram for no particular reason. Um, The only thing I do on Instagram, by the way, is DM famous people. (laughs) Now, wait, let me tell you why. So I haven't announced this, but it, it completely fell apart. And I didn't want to announce it ahead of time and jinx it, but what's the difference now? It fell apart. So, as you know, I am the unofficial coach, tennis coach of the stars. The (laughs) what's one less? What's
1: one thing below star? Stagnant. No, no, that's not the correct usage. (laughs) That word. Um, one less than stars. I don't. don't know. Whatever. They're not quite,
0: you know, hugely famous. So I. So anyway, B list. Well, that's a little high right. so i've taught I've taught a few uh you know comedians stand up comedians uh some tennis uh and through those relationships, one in particular um I was going to teach another person who came to town tennis somebody you may have heard of you may not have I don't know it's hard for me to judge their level of fame when they haven't been on the podcast um but one Nikki Glaser.
1: Have you have you are you familiar with her work? I am. Yeah, I've seen her on a few roasts and other shows. She's definitely been on a bunch of roasts, um, and she's also
0: had more than one TV show. Um, and so that's a pretty big deal. Apparently, you get paid a lot to do that. Um, and so she was coming to town, and. She's busy. I mean, she's literally flying back and forth across the country regularly. I mean, that's her life. Uh, I guess she has a house in New York and a house in L.A., apparently, it seems like.
1: And uh, and so she's quite busy. So She should merge with a tennis uh, tour. I <laughs> <laughs> could just travel together and have comedy shows yeah. and the changeovers.
0: That'd be great. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I, I DM'd her. Now... This is how much of an idiot I am. I don't even really know. I could. First of all, it took me I don't know how long to find the button to DM somebody, <laughs> and apparently that means direct
1: message. Yes, that, that that I did know. And
0: so I thought I had to follow her on her Instagram, so I followed her to be able to DM her, and apparently you don't. <laughs> but lo and behold, out of her two hundred and fifty thousand followers on Instagram, which is insanity. Uh she answered my DM mainly i i num- number one probably cuz i'm me um <laughs> but also i was dropping names some other th- comedians obviously she'd be very familiar with um and through that we we talked via DM or whatever and this was about like 2 weeks out from the time she was going to be here and and so it was a little preemptive in terms of trying to schedule it, so we had, we just sort of tentatively talked about it, and I said, "Okay, you know, I'll I'll reach back out when it gets closer because she's busy, right? You know." And so, um, so it got closer, and we were all set. She she agreed to it, and uh, and then she ended up having to bail. It was going to be her, and I think she brings somebody with her to you know like be part of her show. I think that's a pretty common common situation uh where you where you bring you you have a three like a three or four comedian show, you have right. a host, you have a an opener, you have a middler and then you have a you know whatever. And so one of those people she brings with her uh I think the person that's right before her does, you know, maybe 20 minutes or 50, I don't know what the hell they yeah. do. I can't be, and then she comes on and does her, you know, hour or so of whatever. So she's going to bring that person and we're gonna have a good old time at an exclusive indoor facility because it's you know freezing cold out here. <laughs> um, so I ended up following through. So I didn't want to jinx it uh, or tell you something that wasn't going to happen. So that's why I didn't mention it ahead of time. But hey, it didn't end up happening anyway. I was <laughs> I was stilted at the al- altar, as yeah. it were. And uh, yeah, so there you go. So no, I just told you about nothing that happened. <laughs> that was riveting radio, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, I mean you could have just made that be any celebrity, and we would have never known. This so have just it isn't happening.
0: Hulk Hogan coming <laughs> out. <laughs> nah, don't oh, tease me on that because uh, I would be oh no, all over you, that. Please
1: tell me no. That's like please top don't. three on the list. If I could meet anybody, he'd be top three.
0: Oh my god, that's so pitiful. <laughs> so he's like your
1: one freebie that your wife gave <laughs> <could be> you permission. <laughs> <laughs> I think with guys, she said any, anybody's okay. Uh, no women allowed. So anywho,
0: so that was uh, that was the big doings on here in uh, DF Dubs that uh, did not do, I guess. <laughs> um, I wasn't bitter uh, or anything, but I didn't go, sh- go see her show and then stop <laughs> so following her immediately on Instagram. Right. So that's what's been... Now, so if you saw weird stuff on on the Instagram, that's why. And I don't know what it does when... Like I don't know if you see people I follow. I don't know. I don't know. Anything. <laughs> Your conversation with her is public. I, it could be. I don't <laughs> care. I didn't. I didn't profess my love to her or anything. Yeah. So who cares? But uh, anywho, so next time she's out, hopefully I'll try to try to get her on. Um, see what happens. Uh, so yeah. So Instagram. Oh yeah. As you probably have forgotten, of course, we are on YouTube now. So whatever that means. <laughs> Not just, just audio. Just audio, not video, of course. Don't get too excited. No. Put your shirt back on. <laughs> uh, so we're on YouTube. I'm slowly but surely kind of figuring that out. It's still a disaster. It, it's a whole... Every time I put a new episode up, it's like I'm learning it for the first time again. <laughs> uh, but we get it up there somehow. And so there was a, a listener that suggested that idea, so I'm glad they did because... Well, not really. I'm really not, to be honest with you, because <laughs> it's a giant. That's what hassle. you wanted it was another it's another yeah, exactly, method to have to deal with. Exactly, <laughs> it's a giant hassle. But ultimately, way more people are on YouTube than you know than listen to podcasts. So I guess long term, hopefully, it'll be something that that uh, pays off for the our millions of fans, right? um what else anything else i think that's it man let me tell you it's tough talking about tennis when it's two degrees outside (laughs) but it's getting warmer starting tomorrow monday it's back that's right weather's back we're back in the 60s 70s some high 50s uh which high 50s are winter for us right um yeah so definitely follow us on uh, instagram for no particular reason i'll send out nothing to you i promise um follow us on twitter that's where you you'll get uh the same exact tweet from me 19 times this week telling you the new episode's up um, just share that I'm not going to stop sending it but share it uh, You know, send it out to your friends spread the word uh, we do continue to grow but uh, you know I'm greedy and impatient and so I want to grow faster and uh, and hey I guess that's really it so uh, until next time Thanks for joining the revolution. Bye guys. Comedy family.